today we're going to be doing a review over the last seven weeks, guys. I spent no six weeks preaching. David preached one week. I spent six weeks on the work of art. And today's message is, is entitled um, God Said. And this is, it's inspired from um, the first sort of story, narrative we have in the Bible where um, Adam and Eve are deceived by Satan. And we understand that the whole um, narrative there was that Satan had to question Eve, did God really say? Um, this is very important because there in the Bible, it teaches us that any type of temptation in our lives will come through our ability to rehearse and understand what God has said slash is saying and our ability to respond to whatever comes towards us. Does that make sense, guys? So one of the first logical questions we always ask ourselves when we read that scripture is that why didn't Satan go to Adam? The most popular scholarly answer is that Adam got the direct word from God, Eve didn't. The picture here is that Satan always goes after the area of your least understanding. That's where he exploits. The place where you're not that settled in what God is saying. The place where, because I think Eve rehearsed it, and Eve just mumbled, jumbled what God said into something else that he actually said. So Satan will always, guys, hello, hi, hi church. Satan will always go to the areas where you lack most understanding. This is why the Bible says wisdom is the principal thing. But in all that I get in, get what? No. <laughs> wisdom is the principal thing. In all that I what? Get in, get what? Understanding. So we're going to have an interactive session today. I hope you look bought your journals. If not, um, amen. I was going to say something else, but hallelujah. Amen. He's got their journals. Let me just clap for you. got journals. That's not a journal, Hillary, though. It's an iPad still. But yeah, amen. But I want to encourage you guys. Um, we want you guys to journal because we want you guys to build history, history with God that you can refer to. I don't want your history to God to be memory orientated alone. I want, if, we didn't, if that was the case, we would not have a Bible, guys. These guys took time to record and to write down what God was saying to them. And today, these have become our holy scriptures. So I want you guys to get into that habit of having a record of what God is saying and something that you can refer to and something that can become a monument in the future of God's testimonies in your life. Amen? Is that all right, people of God? All right, so I'm going to just say a foundational scripture that I'm going to use today that I hope would encourage us uh, as to why we're doing a review. And I want to hear some, some feedback from you guys and what's been said over the last seven weeks. So Proverbs chapter 4, 20 to 24 in the Passion translation. These are God's words to us, A&T. He says, listen carefully, my dear child, to everything that I teach you and pay attention to all that I have to say. Fill your thoughts with my words until they penetrate deep into your spirit. Let me read that one again. Verse 21. Fill your thoughts. So this is something that we can practically do, guys. With my words. Until. Touch your name and say until. 
they penetrate deep into your spirit. I'm reading in the Passion Translation in case it looks different in your Bible right now. 22. Then, as you unwrap my words, they will, not might, impart true life and radiant health into the very core of your being. Verse 23. So, above all, guard the affections of your heart. For they affect all that you are. Pay attention. Touch your name and say pay attention. To the welfare. This is your well-being now. Of your innermost being. For from there flows the wellspring or issues of life. Interesting. Verse 24. Avoid dishonest speech. Hallelujah. And pretentious words. Be free from using perverse words no matter what. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Solomon is repeating the words his dad David said to him. And David said, I need you not just to listen, but to listen what? Carefully. I don't want you just to hear my teachings. I want you to pay attention to everything that I say to you. He, 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 tells them, he tells him how. He says, Solomon, I want you to fill all your thinking with the words that I'm saying. So this is a practical way as to how we pay attention to what God is saying. We actually engage in this art called meditation, where we're able to actually mull over what God is saying. Meditation in Hebrew basically means um, is a picture of a, of a lion that is very focused on its prey. It's the, it's the art of being able to zone in to this, this one thing, what God is saying, and allow it to be something that you keep on going over in your mind. Does that make sense, guys? So the art of meditation is the ability to, to repeat, to, to murmur, to, 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 to go over and over and over again to the point whereby you should know what the word was off by heart. Amen? He says that we have to fill our thoughts with it, meaning there are other thoughts that are fighting for your attention. And he says that you've got to do this, Nelly, until. This is not just do it, yeah, i done that. He said until. So this may look different for all of us now. Some of you may take two minutes if you're E-man. may take ten minutes if you're somebody. It may take, you know, hallelujah. I don't know if it should take longer than ten minutes, but amen. He says until. Until when? It penetrates into your spirit. So already now, he's shown us that there is a practical thing we do as humans, which is that we meditate on God's word in our minds. But don't let you, don't just think that that's just something that's just natural. He says that has supernatural ability to penetrate your spirit. Amen? Then, when you unwrap his words, when you obey it, God says it will impart life and it will also impart health into your so, so, so God is saying, look, guys, there, there's a key that I'm giving you this year. And I'm going over this scripture because I want us to really hone in that. Let's not be casual with what God is saying. Let's not be forgetful with what God is saying. You know, the Bible tells, tells us to remember for a reason. It means that we have the capacity to do what? To forget. Meaning now, there are things that you have to do 
on a personal level that you know you need to do to build an environment in your life that will help you steward what God is saying. I'll make sense to you guys here today. It says one thing that I've learned in the last eight weeks with this whole prepare X, Y, and Z that I've been shouting every single week is that I, I, I can say it, but till I build a system around it, it will be something that I say every week that I might do till Tuesday, but then my routine will kick in by Wednesday. So when God speaks, this next verse says, guard your heart with all diligence. Well, out of it flows the issues of life. In, in Hebrew, that word ishuk also means seasons. What's Solomon saying here? That to the degree that I allow the word of God to affect her will depict what kind of season of my life I will enter into. So now prophecy makes a bit more sense because prophecy should cut the heart, amen? We should feel something when God speaks to us, hallelujah. It should convict us, amen? But it's introducing you to a new season, a new pattern, a new perspective. Until we're allowing ourselves to build our life around it, our life will reflect what God is saying. Am I making sense to you guys here, yeah? So there's, there's some serious practicality Yesterday, me and my wife were at a conference. They were talking, asking all these questions, asking the relationship conflict. And like, it's like people were, were honing on the spiritual aspect of relationship and marriage. And we said, look, fam, my friend, God can say 10,000 things about me and, my, and P.S. If I does not obey, guess what happened, guys? We're not going to see it. Hello? Hi? Hi? Hello? Talk to me. Hello? If I don't do what he said, I won't see what he said. And I said, be wary that we don't use God as a way to manipulate ourselves out of our responsibility. Because when something fails, we just want to say, well, did God really say? Yes, he did. But did you really obey? Hello? I want to practicalize this thing because we can hear good word on Sunday and feel good for a couple of hours and go back to routine why? Because we're not allowing God's word to penetrate this place. So today, as we review what God is saying, there should be a few things that I want you to note down that you know the Spirit of God is saying to you. Is that okay, church? The first recap I want us to do, I'm just going to move swiftly because of time, but everybody following me so far, and making sense so far, Encouraged so far, in deep thought so far. Angela's face is very really serious. So I don't know where it's hitting her right in the joints. Hallelujah. So the first thing I want to go into is that um, I mentioned on the the first Sunday I was supposed to preach to Ephesians two verse ten, and the Lord didn't take me past the word prepare. And I said that we are in a season of preparation. But the question is, what's your regime? The reason why I'm asking this question now is that I was trying to like look at this from a practical element of like when um, an athlete is preparing, dummy, sometimes training seems redundant because he's doing Lenny the same thing every single day, but but he knows that there's a set time for performance that my training every day, though I'm not seeing immediate results, on that day I'm going to see an effect. 
And this is what kind of tricks us up with our obedience that, that I admit myself, that sometimes because we're not always seeing what God is saying, we get a bit lackadaisical with the instruction. Hello? Hello? So if we're in a season of preparation, there must be instructions. Hello? That there, there, there must be things that I'm doing that is allowing myself to be prepared for what God is saying next. So we've got a phrase that says, you know, practice makes perfect. And I also want to re-correct it in Jesus' name. My my, my phrase is that perfect practice makes perfect. Why? Because it's it's not what you practice that will always ensure the result you desire, unless the practice is correct first. Because Einstein said you can do the same thing over and over again and not get the same result, and that's insanity. Meaning the issue is not exactly you. It's like, are you doing the thing that you're supposed to be doing that's supposed to yield the certain results? Am I making sense to you guys here? So, so I'm echoing that because if we're in week eight of um, the season of preparation and we're not experiencing or seeing or noticing or or growing, should I say, in the area of the instruction. Maybe we need to review what the instruction actually is. Maybe we need to review this word about when Solomon says, guard your heart with diligence. You know, the, the, the word diligence there speaks about being meticulous. It speaks about detail. It speaks about following the instruction to the T. You know you can do what God said, but then not do it properly. Hello? You know you can just tick it off the list. Like we can actually just wake up. We could do what um, Isaac did. We could do like a routine prayer. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, for a new day. And not actually go in a bit more deeper. Shabba. Or maybe the Lord said, today don't say that. Do this. You know the times when you wake up and... You know that the way the Spirit of the Lord is leading you, that this prayer time in the morning may be a bit longer than I, I, I have planned. And if I do this, I know that it's going to cause me to do less with something else. Anyone else witnessed that before in the morning? Especially those of us that, that work or have whatever, you know, we, we pattern our time, but the Holy Spirit may say, a little bit longer. And we wrestle with that little bit longer. Not having the faith that if God has called you to be a bit longer in this place, whatever is next, how about he's giving you that extra grace to do what is next in less time? You see, this thing, faith, yeah, it does look crazy to the human mind because it's not supposed to follow human pattern, guys. There, there has to be space in your life for grace. If not, what we're really saying, let me say by the grace of God, what we're really saying is that, you know, I did this, but, you know, I have to acknowledge God because I don't want to be prideful. But really, when it's grace, you know you worked. But this result I got was not what I did. This one here, I did something, but this one was God. As we all like to say, you know, you guys feel what I'm saying here? How much space, when it comes to God's instructions and to your regime and how to do things, are we giving God for grace? Because grace only works in weakness, guys. Meaning that whatever I know I need to do, if I feel like I ain't got capacity to do it, grace is supposed to make up for it. 
So, so this is why the apostles were always praying God for us again because they were always being spared with whatever God gave for that moment. So now they've come into a lifestyle of dependency where I need God every day. I'm putting him first. And he's called me to do some things that are just scattering my way of doing things. And, and my mind can't conceive if I spend this time doing that, that I'll have time enough to do this. I'm making sense to you guys here today, yeah? So, when I ask the question, season of preparation, does anybody in the room have any insight, any courage to share with us how they feel God has been preparing them for whatever's next? Any takers in the room? I'm looking at the sky. <laughs> Everyone's somber. So, nobody in this room has been preparing for the last eight weeks? Ah, not you, me, man. Sorry, bro. Yeah, sorry. Or does anybody know what God has asked them to do and they're still struggling to do it, but they know this is what it is to prepare? That should be everyone now, sir. You got a word, got a word for me? Oh. <laughs> Nobody? Slow down. Amen. You know you didn't give your full testimony, you know. <laughs> wow. I told you a week ago. <laughs> See life. Slow down, my set. Anyone else? Huh? So yes, man of God. Can we get in my mic, please? Is that okay? Thank you. <laughs> Your brother said come to the front still. <laughs> I think everyone can probably relate to this in terms of I know there's certain things that God is calling me to in the future that I'm eager to get to. Okay. But I think I heard Isaac speak about this, um, funnily enough, and um, I remember Hillary giving a testimony um, about this, but really being faithful in a current season, yeah. and I think naturally we kind of on a run and neglect what's currently happening, and therefore not be faithful in it, and not on a daily basis show up. Okay. But I think God has called us to steward what is happening right now, to not neglect it, to know that we are to glorify him in every small thing. And so, for me, that looks like part of my preparation for the next season. If I'm not being a good steward of this current season, okay. then I'm going to take that same attitude, that same mindset into the next season. Wow. So, to honor him in the current season, I think. For That's myself. so good. Right. We've got our sister. And then, is that, is that half for you as well? Okay, cool. I hope maybe your hearing answers are inspiring you guys. Amen. That's really good, by the way, bro. Thank you. <laughs> Um, just so I understand the question properly, you're asking us like, what, mm -hmm. yeah, what season are we being prepared for and what are we doing? What does preparation look like for us in that context? Um, yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the last oh, bit, okay. yeah. Um, I guess for me, I don't know, to be honest, I think <laughs> it's mm -hmm. kind of like a bit confused, mm. um, slightly, but I do feel like God is trying to tell me something mm. so I'm trying to just do whatever is in front of me mm. like I remember having a conversation with like PF of like I just like going through a season of just dreaming and just being like okay which way is up which way is down which like mm. wh what am I supposed to do with this mm. and she's just like keep praying keep reading the book that I sent you keep like leaning <laughs> on God and I'm just like yeah but yeah but yeah but so I think for me my posture is just like I don't really know what's ahead I don't really know like not what's happening around me, but I can't really piece stuff together. And I love knowing where I'm going, but I feel like God is pe 
like breadcrumbing me mm. in the positive sense. I know I feel like the culture's got a different definition now for breadcrumbing, but I don't know. So, <laughs> but like, as in like, I'm just trying to do whatever like wisdom is telling me to do and trying to be obedient despite not knowing the context. And I feel like that's the hardest part mm. of like, okay, God told me to read Jeremiah. I've been doing it for like three months and it's been helpful, mm. but I think there was like such a resistance for me to even do it and be like, but why? But it's been super instrumental week after week and like feeding into like, what I think is this journey that I'm going on. So, yeah, I feel just like obedience despite the confusion. That's good. So, I, I want to touch on that confusion part. So, anybody else in the room feel confused about preparation? Okay, thank you, Isaac. So, let's go to the scripture, Ephesians 2. My question was instruction, amen, around what it is that God is, God is preparing you for. Now, the reason why I'm saying that is because the goal here isn't to know the end. Preparation, and this is by, by faith, Lenny, because we won't get the full picture of what's next. This is why I use Abraham as an example when I said God called Abraham out of his daddy's house and said, come here, leave this place. I'm going to show you where to go when you get there. Doesn't make any sense, guys. But obedience took steps towards whatever it is that God was pointing towards. And eventually we got a bigger picture. Why am I, am I echoing this for? This whole scripture is about God. Starts off with God saying we're his workmanship. Tells us how he did it in Christ Jesus. Then, then tells us even why. Which God prepared beforehand that we should do what, guys? Walk in there. A walk with God it's not so much about where are we going, God, but who are you walking with? So when I say prepare, God's already giving you an instruction for something that he knows is coming next. And it may be for some of us, you know, I may have context a little bit about what's coming next. So I'm like, okay, God's giving me instruction that gives me clarity. But for some of us here, we're like Niasha, may not have a clue why God is saying, read the book of Jeremiah. Or may not have a clue that God is saying, you know, work out, do this, X, Y, and Z. But he knows, right? He says that he prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Preparation has everything to do with this word called alignment, guys. And this word alignment is that we don't know the end from the beginning, guys. I have a dream, I have a hope, I have a vision. I don't know which way I'm going to go. But the only thing I do know is that God has prepared beforehand a path for me to walk. So Psalms 119 verse 90 says that the word of the Lord is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. What's God saying there? My instructions that you may not understand now give light to your next step. But as you obey the next step, it becomes brighter through understanding that becomes a light onto the path. So sometimes the preparation that I'm talking about is just an obedience to an instruction that God is asking you. That will essentially also unveil to you what's going to come next. Does that make sense to you guys here, yeah? For yeah, because some of us do know what's coming next. You know, some of us, and I encourage you guys, when you're preparing, also pray. Like, like Nasha, it may be, actually in Jeremiah, it means that maybe if it's still not clear, it means there's still more prayer. Hello? Doesn't sound sexy though, does it? 
Sounds quite mundane. Sounds like really, can you just prophesy to me and be like, you know, the Lord said X, Y, and Z. But what's God doing in her? He's working something called patience. And the Bible says that if I can work patience in her, that she's willing to wait because I said so, I can trust her with even more. Hello? Faithful of a little, I'm going to make you what? Ruler of a what? So, so even when we don't know what's next, I do know what he said for today. Hello? Thank you, darling. So I'm going to take Tabore and uh, anybody else, and then we're going to meet you as well. It's, it's brief, yeah? Okay. Um, I think what I've been finding in this preparation season is um, I actually want to start with a remake of what you said. Like, I think it's perfect practice makes progression okay. um, for me um, as, as it leads off the same thing of what you said because um, especially when if you have a particular mind that's quite creative or you feel that you can sense within yourself that you have so many things you're called to, um, I found that over time I'm always jumping from thing to thing to thing. But with what Saza said, like I realized that in this preparation season, I just had to be anchored to what was directly in front of me um, and just being committed to showing up. Mm. Um, and with that, I've been able to see that the seeds that I was sowing over through that commitment like was coming to fruition. That's good. Um, and I think, um, to make it quick as well, I think preparation also requires people, um, as I've come to see that in this season, that I'm not an island by myself because sometimes being so focused on the outcome and what it is I'm meant to be called to do can make you feel quite siloed um, and tunnel vision. So I realized that I needed um, people around me. Um, and yeah, I think that's been mainly it for me. Awesome, thank you. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, yeah, just really quickly, I think, so I'm obviously preparing to receive another oh my God. bundle of joy by the grace of God. Amen. Um, <laughs> I think in that, this first one has already taught me a lot, but <laughs> <laughs> the second one with her coming, I think I'm learning to be even more humble. Mm. And God's teaching me in my preparation to reduce the amount of time it takes from receiving instruction and correction to implementation. Okay. Because for us men, a lot of the time, our pride is what, the bigger it is, the longer it will take to take on board what it is that's required to make the changes. So my preparation is breaking down what it is that is representing pride, ego, blockers to change, the hardness of heart that's making me think that my way is the right way, and opening myself up to the fact that God's direction is the one that I need in order to make the right decision to lead my family. So, so good. Awesome. That's good. That's good. Anyone else? No? Okay. Yeah. He, won't, he, won't, he won't leave me alone unless I say yeah. <laughs> Somebody else on the side? <laughs> Please, my time is going, Sha. <laughs> uh, yes, quick one. When I just think about walking with somebody, first thing that comes to mind is uh, when you're in love with somebody, those of you who, um, whether you're married or in a relationship or been in relationships, when you're walking with that person and they say, hey, we're going to go here, you don't really care about where you're going. You just care that they're taking you there. So I think under all of this... That's good. Like, the love thing is a real piece here. Yes, man, of course. Um, if you're not feeling loved by the Lord and you're not loving him back, this is very difficult. Um, and so let's keep that in mind as well while we're talking. 
Pastor Emmanuel. <laughs> Powerful. Isn't that sweet, guys? That one's sweet me still. Hallelujah. Thank you, man of God. Amen. Hallelujah. We've got my next point there. Hallelujah. <laughs> so, with that, I went into prepare, process, prosper. Prepare was seed, which is word. I went into pro um, process, which was time, which was also patience. Then I went into prosperity, which was harvest, manifestation. So sometimes, even what we're saying about the whole prepare thing now is that you may have certain desires in your heart that the Lord has told you about, that you may not have a time frame as to when, but preparation looks like you becoming skilled, looks like you becoming developed, looks like you even learning yourself a bit more so that you're able to, um, what's it called, manage and steward what it is that you are believing God for. That makes sense. So some of you here, like, some of you have told me things that God showed you from when you were young, and right now it looks distant. But in this season, maybe he's called you to, you know, I don't know, start a record label. Amen. Oh, someone in the room like that. Okay, amen. You know, I mean, prepare looks like studying business from now. Hello? Prepare looks like shadowing. Mentoring. Prepare looks like, Lord... What are you saying in the season? Do I, do I write songs now? Do I not write songs? Do, I do you understand what I'm saying here, guys? Sometimes even the level of preparation is also linked to like your, belie your belief of what it is that God has already showed you before, guys. Because what happens now is that you start inquiring certain prayers about what it is that God has shown you that will now become instructions for what is next. Does that make sense, guys, here? So sometimes when we don't have what, you know, something to look forward to, Let's just go to that side of things now. Preparation seems redundant. This is where prayer life is key. This is where what Iman was saying about, you know, the love thing, which is why we've been studying John 15 about abiding in him. Because there are things that he will naturally put on your heart that will become things that by faith you look forward to. I'm making sense to you guys here, yeah? So, so... I don't want us to be too, um, what's the word to use here? Too, you know, to the T of like, I, don't, I didn't have a vision or a dream. You know, all this like trying to make it a grander sort of thing before we realize that now there's some things and longings that you have. Amen. Some of you are longing to be a husband. Amen. Let's talk to the man then. I'm looking to be a husband. Amen. How are you preparing your, your finances from now? How are you spending your time? You know, what type of conversations are you having with guys that are where you want to be? Hello? Hi? You know, you know I would say the ladies, you know, you are always ready for us. Amen. So, you know, you know, stay ready. Amen. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Literally. So Psalms 1-1, we move on swiftly. So after prepare, process, and prosper, I went to Psalms 1-1, one, one, and I broke down this scripture. Remember the three C's, conversations? company and character so Psalms 1-1 is preparation preparation looks like leaving some things behind Psalms 1 verse 2 was process God starts introducing new patterns to your life he wants you to meditate on his word day and night then, then, then verse 3 was that then you become a tree planted bearing fruit in what? every season whatever you do prosperous. 
So we see that there's a pattern that God gave to us through Psalms 1 to 1, 3, is that preparation looks like, who are you walking with? Who are you standing with? Who are you sitting with? Because like somebody else mentioned, you know, preparation looks like community. Hello? Preparation looks like you're going in the direction of those most close to you. Want to know what your life looks like? Look up. What's the, what's the phrase? The phrase is, um, where is it now? You're, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Jim Rohan, or whatever his name is. So, yeah. Deep statement, guys, here. Your Bible says, choose your friends, not just have friends. Your ability to choose who has direct influence into your life it's what's shaping the life you're going to live, guys. And what I love about this, this, this narrative here about, about, about conversations, company, and character, there's a scripture, one, one you know, 1 Corinthians 15, verses 33, where I, I thought, let me put a few versions so that we can get a bit more juice from the scriptures. Amen? I'm going to go to the Holy Ghost version, King James version. It says, be not deceived. The Bible says, be not deceived. It means that we have the capacity to be deceived. <laughs> Evil, wow, communications, corrupt, good manners. Let's look at the, the living Bible. Don't be fooled by those who say such things. If you listen to them, you will what? Start what? Acting like them. Okay, let's, and then be, I don't know what that is, but yeah. Be not deceived again. Unwholesome talk corrupts good ways now. Then the last one, the popular one, be not, be not, do not be misled, sorry. Bad company corrupts good character. This is how I study the Bible, because as you can see, like, the, the word has changed four times, I like. One minute is communications, now it says such things, then it's unwholesome talk, then it's bad company. Uh, and, and it dawns on me that, that, that conversations aren't just only things that naturally speak back to us, guys. No, 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 no. Conversations are also, this word communications, we can link it back to the word called medium. What's a medium? It's a thing that has the ability to speak to you through different types of ways. Social media is speaking to you every single day, guys. Hello? Things that don't have cognitive speech are speaking to you every single day. The things you surround yourself in, your company, they have a voice. Hello? Hi? And the Bible says that if the root of it is evil, unwholesome, bad, guess what? It has the ability to corrupt. Now, this encourages me because it tells me that I'm already good. For something to be corrupted, it must first be good. Hello? Hello? It's corrupting. Another word we can use is that it's defiling. Another word that we're using is that it's, 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 that it's undermining who you actually are. So when I said conversations, company, and character, we can't undermine the influence of what it is that 
we speak about and how that forms our values and patterns and ways of living. Uh, like, I know some of us feel like nobody can't tell me to do anything. It's a lie. I know some of you think you're so original that how you think is just how you think is a lie. All of us, from the day we came out of our mama's womb, have been formed by everything and everyone around us. Hello? So, when the Bible has to highlight that what has power to speak to you and influence you can either corrupt you or edify you, there are certain choices, according to Psalms 1-1, that we've got to look at to ensure that we're living a life of preparation for what's next. Let's go to Psalms 1-1 again for me, please, sir. Because Psalms 1-1 paints a picture. He who walks not in the what, guy? Counsel of the ungodly. That's the first thing it mentions. Counsel. I, I put a statement at the beginning of the year. Um, you know, do you have friends that can pray for you? Are, are your friends even intercessors? If they're not, you just change your friends. Hello? This is not a time for pity parties. Hallelujah, Jesus. This is a time for where you can be free to express yourself and also be told the truth. Hello? Hi? The highs are very low. Is it be convicted or something? <laughs> he who walks in the counsel of the ungodly. This is really powerful because he's now telling you that counsel, good or bad, depicts where you walk to. But then, if you're not doing that correct, it changes from walking, guys, to standing in the path of sinners. Same thing as ungodly. Then it says, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Can you see the decline of this man? He was walking, standing, and is now what? Sitting. And it all has to do with who he's doing it with. So now, when we talk about instruction from God, and Iman beautifully put about, this is not about knowing where we're going, more so than it is about who we're walking with. Are you seeing the importance of that? It's not knowing where I'm going. That's the real thing. It's about who am I walking with? Hello? Who am I walking with? The, the whole goal of the Christian life is to be faithful to the end, you know? You, you, know, you know this thing about um, having to know where we're going? If we're not careful, that's how the devil will deceive you. What I mean is it's easy for... If we're always people hungry for something new that's just, this is how loss will captivate you because then what happens is that you're never satisfied with what has been or what is being done there's always hungry for something next ah, satan is a skilled architect in doing that when he tempted jesus what did he do he said look i'll give you this i'll give you that okay. jesus was going to get all of that anyway but Satan was, was, was presented it in a fast-track process. Hello? Prosperity without process is what? Loss. He would have lost it all. So sometimes we've got to check our hearts. Because sometimes the Bible says that God will answer your calling to the idols. We can make idols out of good things. When that good thing becomes more important about who is good. Hello? So, 
I want you guys, before Q1 ends, you need to audit your life. And it starts with conversations. Starts with company. Starts with character. I, I love that it ends with character because, you know, when we I say this question of audit your life, it's easy to make everyone else a problem, but you are the one that chose to be around that. So maybe you are the problem. Amen? Yeah, I don't want you to leave here thinking, yeah, PA said, no, 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 you need to assess yourself because you chose to partake in the conversations and dwell in a company that results in your character. Amen? Galatians 6, 7, 10. Second to last point and we're done. I'm reviewing this because I don't want you guys to be hungry for us to come and say something new if we're not doing what God has already said. Amen? It's really easy, guys, because you know sometimes when God says something new, it's, it, it just becomes this new, you know, obsession. And then we feel like if I focus on this one thing, it just covers everything else I didn't do before. You know, God is merciful. Hallelujah. And God is still going to be like, hello, there are some things that I still instructed you that are part of the bigger picture. I know it's mundane, Ayo. I know it's long, I know it's whatever, but if you keep doing this and this, then you will see. So I want us to be people who are following God diligently, meticulously. Amen? Galatians 6, 7 to 10. I think it was New Year's Eve or New Year's, first New Year's Sunday, I spoke about God giving me this impression that this will be a year of opportunities. Amen? Um, and then, I can't I think it was P.S., I can't remember who it was, but we somehow we got to the scripture about sowing and reaping. I just want us to break down this scripture where, once again, he's saying to us, guys, do not be deceived. Hello, when God repeats himself, guys, it means pay attention. It, it, it means deception is already in operation. If there's one thing that, you know, about deception is that you don't know you're, you're deceived. This is why the Bible says, take heed to yourself. This is why everything I'm saying today, don't think about anybody else apart from yourself. Hello? You know, you're in church and you heard a good word and you're like, yeah, thinking needs to hear that word. No, 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 I'm talking to you. Amen? God can't be mocked. Do you know why Paul has to say this? Because some of us will complain about this here and God will be like, it's not on me. Whatever a man sows, that will he also what? Reap. So if I come today, Eniola, and I prophesy, the Lord is sending rain. A very you know, typical prophetic word, amen. It's a real word though, amen. God is sending rain over this house. It don't matter to you if you don't have seed in the ground, guys. H hello? I can prophesy. All day long, if my prophecy does not have correlation with your practice, you're going to see nada. Hello, church. This is what the scripture means, but whatever a man sows, how can God send rain and you expect harvest in it so nothing? Who, who are we mocking, ourselves or God? He who sows to the flesh will reap of the flesh what? Corruption. He who sows to the spirit will reap what of the spirit? Everlasting life. Verse 9. Now, now, now verse 9 makes more sense because a lot of us are probably here in verse 9 where, but pastor, this is taking long though. But pastor, nothing is happening. But PA, you said, 
it, it's got worse. How about that? Hello, anyone else? Let us not grow weary while doing good. For in what, guys? Due season. Opportune time. Set time under heaven. We will reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, he's, I like Paul because Paul will, will cut you up with scripture, you know what I'm saying? But then he'll still help you at the end. He'll say, look, therefore, here's my, here's my tip for you, a &T. As we have what, guys? Opportunity. Let us do what? Good to who? All. Especially those to the household of faith. You know what Paul's saying here? I you don't know where or when the next thing's going to come from. But you're going to have opportunities daily, Ayo, to do something good. You're focused on how. I've told you what. I'm, is anybody following me here today? You're so focused on when. But I told you what. God can't lie. That has to be a foundation of my faith, guys. I, I, I have to believe it. Or else I don't know what we're doing here. If he can't lie, he's not the problem. And if I'm not seeing yet, it's not time yet. What I do, keep going. He, he acknowledges that we can grow weary, not sinning, but doing good, guys. Hello? We can actually get tired, become a bit languished in our soul of doing good. But he tells us, as we have opportunity, do good to who? To all. What happens in this house if everybody, even if they're growing weary, is doing good to all? Somehow, somewhere, everybody's going to get refreshed by doing good to each one another. Now we understand that the community aspect of preparation is so much more than having to share my business with everybody. More than it is, it's my lifeline to keep going. You can't do this on your own, guys. Has it been working? Are you guys following me here today? So Paul lets us know that whatever it is that God is doing for you, he's doing to all. And, 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 and if he's called his house to be faithful, as Aaron has said, greatness is found in serving. We need to remember that whatever great thing that's going to happen in due season is not absence from your serving in this season. So maybe preparation is serve. Hello. Are you guys following me here today? Sometimes it's just... Serve, especially those who are of the household of faith. So when God says that this is a year of opportunities for us a &T, it has everything to do with what are you doing with what I've given you. Sometimes the opportunity that's, that's coming will blow your mind because you had a plan. In it, Moyo, you had plans. Moyo, can I tell you this? Can I tell this part? Okay, thank you, darling. I can. So, so Moyo came to me in December. This girl has foresight. She said, look, PA, Q2, Q3, second job, you know, because I've got to get my house. I said, okay. Oh, God, so she didn't let me know about her serving capacity. So, okay, cool, cool, cool. And I said, so what did I say to you? You don't remember? Okay. We'll come away from where. But essentially, I said, I said to go back to God, right, essentially, isn't it? Amen. So you see this job that she's she got now. She forgot this part as well. She has plans to do certain, a certain career that she wants to do from, from, for a while now. This job that she got is paying her for that qualification. Is that correct? 
So, so, so this girl, you can clap, sorry. So, so this girl was, was practicing foresight, you know, she's making plans, her own plans. Not what God said, but what she said. Okay. No, what was accountable about it as well. Wow, wonderful. Uh, and then God had his own plan for her where it would have cost her more time, more stress, more labor. If she had not gone back to what God has said, God said, look, this job is yours. Went to the interview, didn't get it. Ah, am I hearing God? Anyone else been there before? You know, had the teacher say, I'm not second, but my friend, God said, that's yours. Gets the job, on top of the job, we will also pay for that thing you want to do as well. So, so now we're seeing the power of obedience come in favor. Hello, church. Why am I echoing that? You don't know how, what God's going to do. You don't know how much God is adding on top. VAT. God is adding VAT to your promise, guys. And you're out here making plans on how you're going to work it out. But God gave you some instructions to keep on doing. Hello, church. Hello. Are we listening today? Look, I relate with all of you guys here. It's not easy, guys. I may be preaching like I'm preaching. It's not easy. This is why God said walk. It's day by day, guys. Some of us are, 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 are inviting the, the, the anxiety of the future because we're trying to work out 2025, 26, 27, and 24. Ain't going to happen. It doesn't, it doesn't work. But today can work because you're here. You have opportunity to do what God said now. Are you guys wanting me here today? So, because time is going, these guys are giving me some, some fake time. I'm going to end with one thing affects everything. But so far, I hope this review is helping you guys really have some establishment about where you're really at. One thing affects everything. I kept repeating every week, what's that one thing that you know God is getting onto you about? You know, I was echoing that sometimes we can make this whole what it's God saying really deep and spiritual and have this long list. I remember I asked the band them like two years ago for, you know, their vision for 2024. These men sent me some pages, but I said, wow. I said, God was really speaking to you. Amen. And you know what's powerful about that, guys, is that most times when God is speaking, he's only saying a few things, guys. And I realized that when it comes to obedience, sometimes we, we are the ones that are harking on things that we think God did say, but he didn't actually say, that make obedience daunting to us. You guys follow me here, yeah? So I said one thing affects everything because more times when God is God's not a God that seeks to exasperate you, you know? God is not tailoring himself in frustrating your life. God's not planning um, you know, your life just to be just hustle and bustle. Just, you, know, you know what I'm saying? God's not thinking, how am I going to make this difficult for I? He's not thinking like that, guys. Life is already difficult because this world is falling, amen? He, but he is going to give me things to navigate difficulty. He, he's going to teach me that, Ayo, you can sleep in a storm. I'm not going to speak to it. I want your faith to be so big that you sleep in the midst of it. I, oh, 
yes, your season right now is a wilderness, but I make a way in the wilderness. Every season of life, especially season of difficulties, God is trying to get a new perspective of himself to you. That can only be unveiled as you heed his word, guys. This word thing is a real thing, guys. Without this word thing being the, the framework, being the lens, all of it is nada. All of it is a figment of our imagination. All of it is hesse. Everything you think about God will be hesse if we don't have his what? Word. So when I say one thing affects everything, our dear sister Martha was worried and troubled about many things. But she masqueraded through serving. Then had the audacity to project her anxiety onto Jesus and her sister, telling Jesus, can you go and tell that woman to come and help me in the kitchen? Jesus said, my friend, this woman has chosen one thing. This woman was able to discern what time it was. It wasn't time to serve, it was time to sit at my feet. And it will not be taken away from her. What was Jesus teaching us there about one thing and many things and anxiety and, 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 and troubles and stress? He was always reminding us that there's one place that you're guaranteed peace and it's Jesus. We need to preach this message again because I know sometimes we hear this stuff and it just sounds cliche, but it's actually real. There's one place, Nelly, that you can find peace, joy, love at the feet of Jesus. And sometimes, and this is why the, the devil's like, he's smart, but he's dumb. He, he, like, we fight everything else to do apart from being in a secret place because we subconsciously believe that being in a secret place in the midst of this trouble at times, definitely, isn't going to do anything. I was doing it, and here I am. Hello? So, what is PA saying here, guys? I want you to fight for your faith. That what God has said in regards to your ability to choose